You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope. Welcome to Grief Relief. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host and daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, uh, good afternoon in New York, right? And I'm in California, and it is uh, the morning here. Good morning, Mom. It's 2.30 in New York City, and I'm looking forward to the show today. And we have a, kind of a tough show today, Heidi, I think, uh, talking about missing children. It's a tough one, and... Uh, and an adult child, we're going to be talking today about missing children. And we're going to have Todd Matthews on. And Todd, we had on our TV show in Palo Alto. And he's from, he's director of communications for NAMUS. And we'll be talking about NAMUS because it's a federal program. And uh, Jan introduced us, I mean, uh, excuse me, Todd has uh, introduced us and given us Jan Smolinski's name as a person that we might want to talk to with him on about um, missing adult children. So, hi, do you want to tell us a little bit about Jan? Sure, and I just want to tell everybody out there that's listening, like my mom said, this is um, a really important show today on missing children, and if you do want to go to Open to Hope and watch the program that we did, the TV program with Todd, it's really powerful, and we also did it with Mark Class, who was Polly Class's father, and she went missing for 64 days and then was found dead. But uh, it is so important, Mom, and there are so many people that we meet at Compassionate Friends that, if, that children have gone missing and then ended up being dead, and we didn't know that they were missing, you know, because we've you know, now gotten the backstory. story. Um, and it, it's a whole, it'll be interesting to talk today with Jan about this. So I will introduce her. Jan Smolinski is the mom of William Billy Smolinski, Jr., who disappeared August 24, 2004, at the age of 31. The police suspect that, suspect that he may have been murdered. Jan has gone on to not only search for Billy, but also to advocate for changes in laws and to help others who have missing family members. Welcome to the show, Todd and Jan. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, it, it's great to have you on, Jan, and, and for you to... Um, come out and talk about this experience and, and to help other people who have had missing family members. You know, um, Todd filled us in and gave us information that we never knew when he came to Palo Alto and was on our TV show about the fact that um, as uh, your son, Billy, was 31, he was a missing adult. So in some ways, you didn't even have permission to search for him, did you? No. No, we didn't. When Billy went missing, we, we I called the police department immediately, but they told us we had to wait three days. Being a 31-year-old male, six feet tall, 200 pounds, at that time in 2004, police believed that he was uh, he was an adult and he would return when he was ready. They actually didn't believe the family. 
So it was hard for us. Uh, we had to wait the three days, and uh, we did some of the searching ourselves. But as you know, the first 24, 48, 72 hours are the most important when a person is reported missing. Wow. And and nothing you could do about it but, but sit and wait. I, I know... Um, I was uh, reading something about it. I mean, just the idea, one August afternoon, 2004, Billy Smolinski climbed into his white pickup truck in front of his Waterbury, Connecticut home and drove off. The brown-haired, blue-eyed 31-year-old was never seen again. I mean, talk about heart-wrenching. Wow, that that really is. It was um, very, and it still is, very sad. We work every day to try to find him. But, you know, at that time, um, it was before NamUs. Um, he was entered into NCIC, which um, the, the NCIC is only only has access by law enforcement. And what is that called, NC? What do those initials stand for? It's um, National Crime Information Center. Okay. Which is um, when a person is reported missing, the detective investigating the case would put the information into this database, but only law enforcement has access to it. So the family doesn't really get a chance to see what the information says. But I was fortunate to be able to reach out into the Internet and talk um, with someone out in California. We became friends, and he, in California, uh, being a coroner, he could look at the information and gave me what was written, and it was written wrong on Billy. Wow. Todd, Todd, now you're with the federal government, right? And name us. Tell us a little bit about that, and then then would it be different today for Jan? Uh, Absolutely, because we do have a National Missing and Unidentified Persons Program. Uh, The family have a little bit of quality control ability. They can't see everything that's in the file, but they can see some of the very basic things that they need to contribute to height, weight, and these are often wrong, and with nobody double-checking, uh, so it, it, it's different now. Um, we still cannot give access to NCIC to the general public, but at least we have the ability to quality check with NamUs. And I think it was actually a very simple error, wasn't it, Jan? It was just a very tiny error, but it made a big difference. Well, the information that was entered, um, his dentals were put in wrong, and also his status of missing, they put down his other, and it was foul play suspected. Uh, or a missing endangered adult, which it should have read. And I asked law enforcement if they could correct it, and they didn't. So I asked the FBI, because the FBI actually has um, NCIC database, and they uh, created a whole new NCIC for my son. Now, how long after he was missing did you get that to happen? Oh, boy. It took quite a while, maybe two and a half years or so. Wow. So... So we're, everything is a process. Yeah. Now you're trying to change some laws. Uh, what what's that about? Well, with everything we've learned through the process of trying to find my son, um, and talking to other families experiencing the same type of uh, tragedy, uh, we've learned a lot, especially with missing adults. So we did go to legislators in Connecticut, and and have successfully changed laws on how a missing adult is searched for. In the United States, um, I also went to Congressman Murphy at that time, which is he's Senator Murphy now, and approached him with the same type of um, information that I had uh, for missing in 
you know, the United States. And he said because there's 19,000 police departments, um, the bill that they would have to create would have to be much um, less what Connecticut is. So um, he had a meeting with the FBI and uh, Department of Justice and, and different people, and they came up with um, Help Find the Missing Act, Billy's Law. And now what needs to happen to get that enacted? Well, um, first of all, um, let's see. Billy's Law is a bill asking for funding to help educate law enforcement and medical examiners and coroners to learn the database um, NamUs. And um, in order to receive the funding, they would have to prove that um, the the um, monies allocated were used for um, the education. Um, we have had that. It was introduced into Congress a few years ago, and it was unanimous. It was going well, very well, but one senator uh, seemed to oppose it because of the funding and the budget problems in the country. But since they have ironed that out and lowered the funding a bit, and um, we are going, it was reintroduced in the Congress, and then we had uh, elections and all. So now we're going again, and Congressman Murphy is now Senator Murphy, so we have to start really the process all over again without having to testify in, in D.C. So currently we're looking for a Republican federal senator so that it could become a bipartisan law, and then it'll be reintroduced into Congress. Wow. Sounds like you're a busy woman. Um, I wanted to ask you, if I ha and Todd, too, if I had a missing child right now, and it's just, you know, with the police department, or a missing family member right now, um, and we haven't seen him for three weeks or whatever, what do I do? Todd, why don't you tell me, what do I do? The first attempt is to make a local police report, and sometimes that's easy and sometimes it's not easy, as Jan can attest to it. And you can do primary entry into the NamUs database. Uh, it's it's really for more cases that are more mature, actually. That was the intention of NamUs, but you can put a case in as early as you want to put it in. It might not get published right away, but you can actually do the submission the RSA, which is Regional Assistance Administrator, would validate it to make sure that it's an authentic case and this person truly is missing, which is a good benefit because they're going to be contacting law enforcement once again to try to get that information confirmed. And then uh, basically we would start looking among the deceased to see if that person is among the deceased. And we have DNA now, so that's really helpful, right? Yes, and that's the process. Dental, DNA, fingerprints, we're going to go for that. We're going to try to get as much of that as we possibly can into the system. Um, it's, and it's all free. You know, we have all of these services. It will not cost you anything to have your the dental records. And a lot of this goes back to the family. The family has been tasked with trying to find out where, where all of this stuff is. They get their own DNA for a family reference sample. And then, you know, the hunt is on for... Do you know if they had fingerprints on file for perhaps a job? Billy did. He did have a fingerprint on file for a bus, right, Jen? Yes, right. So how do I get onto the site, uh, Todd, and can I talk to you? How does this go if I have a missing family? www.namus.gov, and it will direct you into the missing and the unidentified categories. You go into the missing persons category, click through the icon, uh, register you have an account there, and then you can actually submit a case into the system, and then you will be contacted by somebody at NamUs, 
and they will start working on the process of validating and getting the biometrics put into the case file. Wow. It's really very simple. You know, you know what I'm thinking, Heidi. If I've had a missing family member for adult family member for maybe even a year, wouldn't that be amazing to be able to get somebody to actually pay attention? Absolutely, yes, and and to yeah, keep looking, moving forward. And I'm just wondering, Jan and Jan, my heart so goes out to you because your son Billy has been missing for nine years now, right? Yes, absolutely, a little over nine years. And I imagine you never ever stop giving up. I'm looking for him and hoping that he is alive. Well, according to police reports, tips that have come in, we know that he is deceased. Okay. Um, so, you know, a lot of people have missing loved ones, have hope. My hope mm-hmm. is to bring his remains home and put him in his proper resting place so we have a place to visit. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't blame you. Well, mm-hmm. we, we hope that happens, too. We certainly do. Thank you. I've seen her. She's continuing to be a mother. Uh, even though she knows this is this is her job now, it's consumed uh, these nine years of her life that, that she could be doing other things, but she chose to take this path. And I've seen her lay her load down to help other people uh, get their case worked, you know, move it along a little faster. Maybe maybe if she took care of her own stuff, uh, she might get there sooner. But she never stops trying to help other people, even when they go past her and find resolution. She felt them. She's been an amazing person. I'm just so happy to have her in my life. Oh, that's, thank you. Todd. That's incredible, that Todd. So it sounds like <laughs> there's been there's been cases solved and cases moved quicker because of the work that Jan has done. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Now, Jan, if I have a missing uh, family member, do you have an organization, or can I get in touch with you, or how does that go? Well, no, I don't have an organization. I'm just me, um, and and I can be reached anytime, um, wjs7 at aol.com, or justice4billy, the number 4billy.com, brings us to my son's website and all the news articles that have been published since my son went missing. Um, I do feel that in order to, I, I always say sink or swim, and and I know everybody deals with their missing loved one differently. Um, a lot of them are unable to function. Um, and that's totally understandable. At at first, I had a terrible time. I couldn't even walk into the mall because all I did was stare at the door and thought I used to like shopping, and all I have to do is I have to find my son. But I think that you have to have to realize that um, there are family members that are alive, like my daughter brought to my attention and said that, Ma, you have people that are alive in your family. They love you. Don't push us away. And I mm-hmm. thanked her for that because she is absolutely right. But on the other hand, there are people that, that need the understanding when they have someone deal, going through the same type of um, tragedy. And, and I feel it helps me to be able to take my thoughts off of what's happening with us at the time and listen to someone else and try to help them through um, because whatever happened in our wrong in our son's case, everything happened wrong. And um, they call it the hot potato case because they're passing it from law enforcement to law enforcement. So um, I am here to talk to others if, if they need it. But no, I'm not an organization. There are organizations out there that they can contact as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, parents of missing children might be one, uh, compassionate friends, um, do you have any others? 
Well, there's Lost and Missing um, with Cindy Karen. She's very good, and um, she spends time, you know, talking with the families. Um, there are many others out there. Well, listen, I want to thank you and Todd so much for being on the show, and, and God bless you on your journey and uh, getting your bill passed and and all the things that you're doing and uh, to remember Billy, and, and we pray that you will be able to find him, and as you said, uh, be able to know where his remains are. And thank you so much. And, and Todd, thank you for being on. Thank you so no much. Thank you, Ben. Well, Heidi, uh, very, very sad and very tough. And uh, Jan's amazing the way, as Todd said, she's just stepped out and helped other people, isn't she? She is, and I love both what Jan and what Todd are doing, and they're, they're so passionate about it. And it must be, it's, it must be so rewarding when they help somebody have some kind of resolution or just move the process along. Well, thank you uh, so much for listening to the show today, and uh, please visit us at opentohope.com. God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.